Put down your Instagram. Put down your book by Remington. But don't put down your phone, cause you'll need it for the Libby Show. Hello and welcome to the Libby Show. Today we have a very special and honored guest, a master numerologist, a tantric master. Well, I'm going to just make some Wait, things up right now. Let's just... back up. Where are you going with this? What is this episode? <laughs> Lover of Reuben uh, sandwiches. What kind of sandwiches? Reuben. Oh, uh, yes, and you love that vegan place with those vegan tuna melts that you take me to. Vegan Lo tuna yeah, melts? Yeah, lo locally or whatever. Oh, yeah. That was like uh, years ago. I was like, this is like a $17 sandwich, and it was like really thin. And you're like, I love this place. I know. That's literally the first thought that came to me, too. It was like an $18 sandwich when if you get the gluten-free, the bread is like half the size. Oh, yeah. Gluten-free bread is always really small, and it's always like an extra 3 to $6 in Los Angeles. Robbery. Highway robbery. Uh, well, thanks for having me on again. Uh, and thanks for helping out giving Gina a pregnancy brain break. Yes, indeed. We are so happy to have you back, Remington. Uh, it's an <laughs> honor. And I also love the new jingle that you wrote. Thank you. Yeah, I feel good about it. It's uh, very boppy. Uh, Bobby, it's perfectly nostalgic, and I actually think that I kind of want to use that or something like that <laughs> as like the the mystical artist intro now. Even though your music is dubbed into the intro that I'm using, um, and so again, thank you for that. I try to give you honorable mention from time to time. Uh, but I was joking yesterday, or I wasn't joking. I was just thinking, oh, you would like you know mess around meaning like when we started recording you would just sing a little improvised tune then all of a sudden you email me that epic track that you created and it feels like I'm about to tune into my favorite retro show like I dream a genie but something that I loved and it like makes me feel good so you should probably quit everything and just write radio and tv jingles for intros oh i to love shows. that and uh if anyone is in those relevant fields contact me for a position uh you're hired um <laughs> as, as apparently <laughs> i'm a, this. did a, you like the lyrics put down your instagram put down your book by remington <laughs> yeah i'll let let people can put down my book to listen to our show to here show. to tune to, in to the libby show um apparently now i'm a master numerologist and a tantric master um <laughs> do you remember okay first off uh, this is actually an interesting point because the only reason I even put master numerologist in anything is that my teachers said that and they just, they um, kind of started introducing me as a master numerologist. And there's one thing that I learned that if you decide that somebody's your teacher, 
um, and your spiritual teacher, you just have to go with it. So I don't want to like block that energy or disagree by playing some game that my ego wants to make me super humble and be like, no, I'm just like anybody else. Um, so it is my job to overcome my ego insecurity and just embrace that. So I will say that, yeah, I'm a master numerologist. I love that. Yeah, it's true about ego because sometimes you think it's just, you know, that kind of like puffing outwards, like I'm the greatest, but it's also the flip side of the coin is that inferiority complex. Oh, a million percent. I mean, generally speaking, my ego has been like, I'm an unaccomplished loser and a putz and, you know, the list goes on. It's amazing how much you've accomplished given your sourpuss attitude. Uh, yeah, I'm real shitty on myself. Wait, which reminds me, I have a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. So last episode I was on, I was joking, talking about, oh, sometimes I feel so fat and lazy. And then you were like, you're not lazy at all. <laughs> so what you're really saying is that I'm fat. Is that what you, you like zoomed in? Yeah, to that? right away. I, I have a to... positive statement and you went for what was missing. I, well, as a Scorpio, <laughs> I need to set something up to scare you. And then for the last couple of weeks, I was like, wait a minute. Libby was actually calling me fat that whole time. <laughs> and that was like your secret deceptive Gemini betrayal oh to, to set it up. So yeah, well, you know, I'm You've working been on it. Betrayed. Well, oh. Gemini is a sign actually can be a sign of betrayal and dishonesty, but often what the, the context in which I talk about that. And if you look at a lot of the Gemini cards, they're like literally the worst cards in the tarot, like cruelty, nine of swords, interference, eight of swords, ten of swords, ruin, um, which isn't fair to Gemini, but it's like the, your mind playing tricks on you. And so it just mm. shows because like the way tarot flows, like if you go one through 10, it's going down the tree of life. And so the energy, you have to think how the energy started from source at one, the aces, and then it flows down. And because Gemini is very much the sign of the mind and intelligence, by the time we get to like nine and 10 um, and it's trying to become more grounded and Gemini is not a grounded energy and it's not supposed to be grounded. So um, I want to say that if you're learning tarot or on my Patreon and you're like, why are the Gemini cards pretty bummer? It's nothing to do per se with Gemini. It's trying to mix ungrounded energy and sort of earth energy. And it's just not its place. Gemini is supposed to stay in the mind. Gemini is supposed to keep you brilliant. Gemini is supposed to, open you up to options and considerations and things like that. So, um, but I do yeah. feel like we should get some better representation in the tarot though. I mean, isn't, isn't, um, uh, the, in the Sefi wrote, you have, uh, Bina as a mental placement, like, shouldn't we get that or something? Well, you have, uh, you're ruled by Mercury. It's actually hot. So that's number eight. So, but what happens is even the Eight of Swords, which is Jupiter and Gemini, there's other factors in the tarot. So now we have Mercury with a Mercury ruled sign. So it's like a lot of brain power happening. Mm. Jupiter 
is less brain power and more just, hey, like here's the instinctual flow of miracles. And so too much thinking can block that off. But what Gemini does have are, it's the lover's card. Oh, well, why didn't you lead with that? Well, um, I don't know. That sounds like a great card. But, you know, whenever I start to say that, historically, you've been like, well, it doesn't mean lovers as in lovers. I, that card does need to be uh, re, uh, it needs to be renamed like partners. Oh, I, oh, wow. Because, I mean, Gemini's the twins. I always wonder, like, the energy of twins um, because, like, what's that sort of soul contract that you're going to incarnate with, like, your buddy? Was it, like, your partner? Was it your sibling in a last life? Had you maybe never known each other? Um, was it your husband, your wife, something like that? Like, I have a really good mm -hmm. friends. I think you've met one of them, Leanne. They're British. They're tw identical twins, and they're Geminis. Oh, that's interesting. And they both do, like, Gemini kind of brainy things. And it's interesting because I've done readings for both of them. And I'm always fascinated, too, with readings with twins because, well, overall, you more or less have, have the same chart, and you're going to have the same numerology. Um, and, but, and, and I think a lot of twins, or at least friends of mine that are twins, they've gone through very similar cycles and events in their life. And I keep thinking, well, a lot of that has to do with, they basically have the exact same chart, but even when I do readings for identical twins, you still have to tune into that individual. And so the specifics will come out and the lessons for that particular person but there's definitely some like uh, overriding uh, similarities, especially with events in life. Mm. Yeah, because I guess technically you really almost have an identical chart, except for probably the moon and potentially the house, uh, given how far apart they're, they're birthed. Right. So some angles could be different. Um because, I mean, a, ch a chart's moving around like every four minutes, I think, the moon's, there's, things are shifting. So, you know, you could hit a different degree if it was on like a real sensitive line. But I actually was reading an article. There was, I, I, tw there was twins um, born, I think it was in Los Angeles. One was born right at the end of 2021. At like 11.45 p.m. And then her brother or the other one, it was like a, a brother and sister twins, was born 15 minutes later in 2022. So wow. you have like a whole different year of birth and everything. So in a numerology chart, that's going to be a completely different numerology chart. Because you have a whole different year, and then one's eleven or uh, twelve thirty-one, and the other is January first. So that's like a one-one soul as opposed to a three-three soul karma. Uh, I did post it on my Instagram. I don't know how many people saw it because I was in a deep shadow ban phase, um, and I just thought that was pretty cool. Like here are these little twins and there were adorable little pictures of them as infants but their numerology is completely different mm. how so, do you like imagine that could manifest on on a soul level like what their paths are in this life 
Well, I just think that they probably are, they're twins, but they have uh, different energies to um, look at, to facilitate, to utilize. Simply put, I feel like one of them is going to be an artist and the other will be kind of a, a bossy uh, entrepreneur type of energy. Oh, interesting. Because one of the charts had a lot of threes, and three is, is leader. That's Bina. That's Saturn. Things like that. So that's a get to work, get building. Uh, it's positive mind. So it can be really brilliant. It's a great leader. And then the other one had us all these ones, and one is more creative centered. It's like really tuning into source, things like that, which I know you know because you finally. Uh, absorbed my book through osmosis. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, it's actually a longer process than that. It's just a lot of just, you know, planning it on your face and just letting it seep in there. So, so. my book has to sit on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to go back to tantric masters. <laughs> of course. Of book. Wow. Okay. So Libby and I have done a lot of white tantric yoga, which whenever anybody hears tantra, they immediately, if they're not aware or knowledgeable in it, they think it's uh, all relates to sex. And then you right. like Google stuff or there's like super cheesy books of like cheesy people and their cheesy sex positions. But um, <laughs> tantric yoga is not per se. This is that. more hardcore, but not yeah, sexual. This would <laughs> like way more <laughs> intense and exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And so we have done that a lot together and we've done a lot of pilgrimage trips to um where the new mexico over the years you were my first white tantric partner ever um i don't okay i did it like a couple i think i did it a couple years before i met you and i was so exhausted and i didn't think i would make it through the first day and for those of you not familiar with this uh long story short it's basically an all-day program of different meditations and usually at 62 minutes sometimes it's 31 minutes you never know what what you're going to be hit with but often more often than not it's 62 minutes you do it with a partner where you usually looking at each other like right in the eyes usually put an asterisk on that well i'm saying it because not every exercise is that and okay then, but when we were going to be partners for weeks before you were like okay libby get ready open your eyes practice opening your eyes and staring at me for 62 minutes at a time because you're gonna have your eyes open all day long and it's true like the the day we can did be like do that. 8 to 11 hours of partner meditations and so he was like yeah it's just gonna be you're gonna be staring so intensely my eyes are gonna be penetrating you or whatever scorpio Wait, thing you're saying. <laughs> okay this is can my book sitting on your face my eyes are penetrating yes gina just painting these. a clear picture <laughs> right we're talking white tantric yoga <laughs> right and then it turned out that like all six meditations or whatever no there was just the, one that first open yeah that, all of the meditations yeah that was a total fluke but there was like another year there was that one and you had to chant like I come inside of you. Do like you come that? inside me. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that, 
which thank God, like we're friends enough that it was fine, but we're also like 12 year old boys. And I like we like yeah. couldn't stop laughing. And, and then our friend next our, to us had gotten her partner, literally picked him up at a grocery store. He wore one of those like pilot masks. Yeah, and he was I think like, he was homeless. I think he was like I 70 he, and homeless. I think he walked all the way here from Burning Man. Yeah. And, and then on his from store. San Diego, from the beach he lived on as a homeless <laughs> yeah. beach bum uh, who also surfed. Um and yeah. he was just falling asleep during most of the meditations, but she had to make eye contact with him while and saying, I come envisioning into you come, or in, something. come inside me. No, yeah, like, <laughs> was come inside Jesus. me. <laughs> can we even uh, say this? I, yes, oh, we can fine. say this. This it's legal on podcasts. Turns out everyone got pregnant. Um, <laughs> but, uh, thank God. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe our poor friend and she's like super cute. And how old was she then? Like, 23 or something like that um yeah and but that guy i seemed oblivious to it all so you know yeah i don't know if he was even sober i don't i don't know he looked like he was i'm grateful if i had to do that one and it wasn't gina at least i you and i can goof around and have like a good friendship um but i'm like i've always that what also cracked me up about that is so many people trying to pretend like that wasn't hilarious and just go with it and it's totally normal and that's like what the meditation right. is which is overall that's was our attitude um but come on right but those trips have been pretty fun except for your meltdown over the quality of water at the gas station we stopped at oh my god we we were driving like literally like 12 hours that day and i just wanted some decent water and i forget but you made a big fuss about a lot of things and i just made a fuss about water and i made us go to like three gas stations before we found fiji water big deal it was three gas stations and then we finally found like 20 minutes later out of our way we found a grocery store and then you had to get fiji which i will say this fiji water on a road trip, what's good about it is that the bottles are square. And so if you put a bottle like in the seat, it doesn't roll around. Well, that's a good point. That's Which is a good the, point. As but a guy, that's the only reason I buy Fiji water. There are few waters you can get at a gas station that are water. I mean, smart water. I'm sorry for the folks at home who might get angered over this literally though i do cannot uh, imagine i have what a lot of, of smart, smart water, water is not water what is it it's Plastic. a jungle juice of weird <laughs> you it's know weird like electrolytes. electrolytes and but like it's not real it's so removed from the source and water is life water has a vibration i just got a reverse osmosis water and that has like a different vibration from other waters. And I'll put a frother in it, like a latte frother. So I create a vortex in the water and like oh, wake man. up the water. Libya, I love vortex water. Vortex is it, water. Is it hexagonally structured water? And do you know the surface tension? Whoa, that, I mean, that is even beyond. I'm just saying, if you want to go next level and do you put it in a container with the flower of life on it? I do want to go next level, but. No, I don't have. Because if you don't stick a flower, flower of life, life on it, you're not spiritual. Then what are you even doing? Then why even do it? If it's not perfect, why even do it? 
we've been getting really good water though that's like in the glass uh bottle from arkansas uh what is it mountain valley or whatever um okay just for the record anybody listening this episode we are not sponsored by any of these water companies but i it i think it's amazing water and for the first time in my life when we started drinking it i was like wait this is what it means to be hydrated but um whoa the energy is really high, and I'm figuring because Arkansas is loaded with crystals. Crystals. Mm-hmm. So the whole sort of underground of Arkansas is all crystals, and um, it has a great energy, but it's also super quenching, and I feel super hydrated. So if they ever have those white tantric things again and we go, I'll just have to bring the five-gallon <laughs> jugs and we'll uh, throw it in the car, and then we won't have to waste all our time looking for your square bottles of BG. Square bottles. Well, that's the only square thing about it. Um, <laughs> you're actually kind of a square, and I thought you were super artsy and cool. Legit. No, I think my, no, I have rumor I have has it in my that chart. You're a hmm? Jew for Jesus. A Jew for Jesus. Yes. Well, I mean. I'm not, I'm just not going to, you know, push anyone out of the possibilities of, of divinity, you know? Um, but well, you know, Jesus is actually attributed to the number six and it's a six year. And tell I know you more. are, tell us more Remington. Well, you were a part of that, that hexagonal cult. Have you ever noticed like so much new age stuff, uh, pictures of ascendant masters, everything is, hexagonal shapes or uh hexagrams there's always like a six frequency or crystals a lot of crystals quartz crystals in particular are all structured in with six sides and so i always joke that a lot of the new age the people that love those pictures of ascendant masters and isn't there like a a oracle deck of ascendant masters you talk to like saint germain or like oriel and things like you probably have that deck (laughs) <laughs> I think that's that's really interesting. Is that because six is like a devotional number well, or like connecting yeah, to divinity? I think so. I think that that movement, that new age movement, and I call it the hexagonal cult, um, is just sort of tuned in. And they have no clue as to why, but the frequency of six is that idea of Christ consciousness meaning in deeper Kabbalah and the tree of life, it's Tifereth, which is um, one of the attributions of that are sacrificial gods. Um, and Jesus just happened to be one of the embodiments of that, meaning total surrender. Wow. Really deeper meaning is total surrender to your divine purpose and your divine will. Let's absolve ourselves of the ego, meaning the false parts of us that are uh, like out of whack and out of alignment with that higher purpose. And so that rules a lot of the Piscean age that we're coming out of. And magic will call it the age of Osiris, but Osiris was sort of what started this idea of Christ. But simply put, you'll go through these trials and tribulations, whether you were cut up, hacked, sacrificed in some way, or nailed to a cross, and then you come back to life. You sort of resurrect to this new beginning. And a lot of that mythology of the Piscean Age or the mythology of Christ, yes, there's Easter, um, but 
often forget now the magical teaching is we're in the new paradigm of essentially Osiris risen or sort of uh, Christ coming back to life, which a lot of people interpret as like the second coming of Christ. But it means now you as an individual can attain that higher consciousness and you don't have to go through, you don't have to get nailed to a cross anymore. I mean, unless oh, you're that's into, amazing. I mean, that's it, what I was just going to ask. Hmm? You're probably into that. Well, I mean, oh my Jesus. I thought you were talking about getting nailed, but anyway, crucifixions, crucifixions. Well, even the Um, nail, I did this in my workshop, but that is a sacred symbol. And that's represents the hierophant card, which is the letter vow. You might say, I mean, it's Vav. That's, that's what the real Oh, okay, geez. hermetic <laughs> Right, but that's like, it's an ancient language that got modernized. And yes, if I go to Israel, I'll say it that way. But in hermetic magic, but regardless, it's the symbol of the nail. And so that's connected and binding yourself to higher wisdom and higher teachings. And so now, uh, how are we able to access that in a way that is not painful and, you know, resulting in entire self-obliteration well it's just you kind of the good question and i think you need to start thinking of terms that that was a spiritual formula that maybe worked for the planet at one time and so a lot of the magical teachings and it was interesting because when i discovered kundalini they were saying the same thing and then other yogic teachings that these sort of spiritual paradigms and formulas and techniques and technologies work in a certain time frame and then they shift and they evolve. So we're already out of that, right? So that notion to want to fall back on pain and suffering and, you know, trials and tribulations and hardships, that's sort of an old paradigm consciousness. So it's just good to be reminded that, oh, the, the, the new paradigm of sacrifice now is letting go of just all the junk. And the idea is to surrender to the ecstasy of your life. I love that. That's so relevant, you know, because on an individual level, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for people to make the choice to still learn through suffering. I know a lot of my life I've learned through suffering, learned the hard way. Pain's been my teacher. And like, I'm coming into learning through joy and like growing through, through, you know, uh, joy and not, not being uh, more of a Jupiter teacher rather than a Saturn teacher, you know? Yeah. Joy. I actually like, that's good insight. I like that. That's joy. Cause even all of this symbolism of like six and the sun, I'm just talking about it too, cause we're transitioning years with this energy. So I've just been talking about it a lot, but the sun card, which is attributed also to six, um, the number six on the tree of life is attributed to the sun. Um, is this overall it's strength through your joy and so it's actually very empowering Mm. it doesn't mean you know and i think like the negative side is some people will be undisciplined be entitled to oh well um i'm entitled to the spiritual evolution and i will never work for it so i still Mm. think we put in the work i think we still have to have endurance But you also learn, as you know, with any spiritual practice, you've trained yourself to um, kind of more respond as opposed to react. And so the ways of the world 
you realize over time, like you might be pissed off about something, something might, might be hard, might be challenging. And I think resistance is a great teacher, but, um, I, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like not being lazy. I just think that, um, people go right to like joy and it feels good, but they actually didn't put in any work or any labor. But I think this notion where you have to, like you said, struggle through hardship, that's just not the, that's not the formula anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think in the old paradigm, because that was such the formula, people just created a lot of hardship in their lives. Now I feel like the dark side, quote unquote, of this new paradigm is people will be entitled. They'll be lazy and never actually feel that they need to work for anything and do anything for their spiritual growth and that everything can just be Googled and all the information is there. Mm. I think as like a, a side to that, uh, not directly related is that, uh, people, you know, about learning through suffering and like pain being your teacher. And and that's the old paradigm, but still a lot of, there's a lot of people still doing that. And, um, particularly, and, you know, you may disagree, but like going into trauma, people are really obsessed with trauma. Well, trauma is a trending topic. It is. It's a very trendy topic. And it's like going into your trauma. And it's like, why don't you focus on what you want to create and recondition your brain to be the person you want to be rather than spending all this time and energy just, you know, consistently um, going through that, that old groove again and again of suffering and trauma and why am I alone? And I'm going to be alone forever. Like, that's yeah. kind of the paradigm of within that we're working with still. And like a lot of talk therapy is just reworking that groove over and over again. I feel like I'm, I myself am in a progression, progressing out of that, all of that. Yeah. It's like that old saying, like when you throw out the garbage, you don't have to re go through all of the garbage to throw it out and then analyze it. And then you're like, Oh my God, there was like three pints of ice cream and I'm trying to like not eat sugar. And then I did that. And then look at this. And then, um, yeah, absolutely. All that energy, all of those thoughts are energy that's being diverted from your central like core authenticity and what you could be doing with that energy and the person you could be creating for yourself. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I mean, everybody's free to focus on how fucked up they are and how they had it bad. Um, and there are definitely things that affect us. Um, but I like the notion too, of a lot of, um, meditations and spiritual practices, you change the energy and you move through those and you move out of those and you don't have to like, you know, go through every pothole in the road. Um, you know, a lot of magical work is therapeutic in that sense and working out those things, but definitely not dwelling on it. And people now like trauma is something that people, I mean, it's big money. People also love it. It also is another great way to create an identity for yourself when you have no personality. Uh, I keep joking that they should have a section on like Instagram in your bio, like what's your traumas as well as your 
you know, pronouns and things like that. My well, pronoun I don't even is think that's trauma. A joke. My I, pronoun is trauma. My pronoun is trauma. That's yes. the best. <laughs> but I feel like that's, you know, that's already happening. Like people or if they're meeting each other for the first time, or if they're on a dating site or whatever, and they meet up and they share their traumas with each other and they trauma bond, they feel like that is a real bond that, and that they really have connected when that's really just like detrimental because you're identifying with those traumas even more. I've never experienced that, but have these been some of the dates you've gone on? Well, I mean, not recently, obviously, as I have a partner, but um, more with friendships I've noticed or, or like, ooh, oh, you know what? With people just in the community, the new age community, I remember being at yoga one morning and one of one person sat next to me was like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, good. How are you? You know, expecting them to just say good, you know, whatever they ran through this whole script about how their mom had died and they went through all of this drugs and sex and partying. And it was really traumatic. And they're just coming out of that now. And thank God they found Kundalini. And they, but they just told me their whole, I mean, if we, most everyone who comes to Kundalini has a pretty hefty history that brought you there, but to just word vomit it out like 10 minutes before class at me. Well, well some people definitely love to like drop a negative bomb and try to like, throw you that negative energy and sort of zap you and be an emotional vampire on some level. But I, I think on another level as someone, at least they recognize something in you that maybe some part of them felt like they could trust and they all of a sudden decided to open up. I mean, and definitely usually people coming into and discovering a spiritual path, um, like it nothing it wasn't all just super hunky dory like occasionally right. you'll meet someone whose life was like one good decision after another and like amazing loving support from everybody they've interacted with um that they want to maybe go a little further and deeper but um yeah i mean i think the spiritual paths just also help alleviate that like i've noticed and i've addressed this a lot is this notion uh, 2020 in particular, the word bypassing, spiritual bypassing was like another hot topic, which in 2020, my pronoun was spiritual bypassing. And That's great. Um, the thing is, spirituality is the whole of your life. So there's no such thing as spiritual bypassing. Now, you can bypass things and just cluelessly... Uh, you know, you, you need a job, you need to pay rent, your rent's due in two weeks, you have $9 in the bank account, and you're like, well, what are you doing for this? And you're like, well, I'm doing prosperity meditations. Well, that's great. Prosperity meditations help you evolve what I call a spiritual bank account. But then you have to draw on that by like doing things like applying for a job, doing the legwork. You know, a lot of this, um, things that I even learned in recovery or 12-step concepts were pretty powerful because I think there's a misnomer where people think, oh, if you're an addict or an alcoholic or whatever it is that you're always saying and identifying that and the whole thing is like you're just trying to never use a drug again. And that's really not the case and people haven't experienced it should not comment on it in my humble mm. and true and real opinion um and it's really a pro i mean on one level you're there to be of service to help other people that's 
ultimately what it comes down to. But you're not like you're really moving your destiny forward. And that's a path for a lot of people. Um, and you just quickly learn that it, you know, none of it has to do with drugs or alcohol or substances or, you know, codependence anonymous or whatever the program is when we've become so reliant on something outside of ourselves. And then you just start to learn, Oh, it's me. And then you sort of don't bypass and you just go on this process of self-discovery, but it's more also here are practices that align you with a different frequency and shit just changes. Right. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, um, I was reading this, uh, book recently and the guy said, um, uh, people who suffer from addiction, like addiction is a maladaptive, uh, form of coping to suffering. It's like a maladaptive action to, in response to suffering and that the people who tend to be addicts, those are the people who were seeking out, they were suffering. And instead of just, you know, ending their lives or whatever, they're seeking out something, something outside of themselves to help them. And that if we were a more evolved society, this is like a plant medicine person. So he's like, they, they would be seeking out plant. There would be support for them, like plant medicine or whatever, but you can say the same thing about any of these spiritual paths, like Kundalini yoga, etc. like that, those will help you transform that suffering. Uh, totally. I mean, the one thing I learned is it's like something like substances, drugs, they actually were a reasonable solution for where one might be at at that time that maybe didn't have as many tools to sort it out. And, um, you know, I like what one of our teachers said, though, the most dedicated and devoted people are addicts. And so I've seen a lot of people that are addicts. And so, and again, it's not always a substance. Like I see it, whether it's relationships, addicted to trauma, you name it. Um, like there is an energy of dedication there. And so when that gets converted towards the evolution of your soul and some spiritual journey, um, that's lot, probably what you were thirsting for a lot can in the be first place accomplished yeah i mean there is something to be said like getting high is just fucking fun like i i'm just not gonna over analyze it like i've done drugs in the past and i liked it and it was fun and it seemed to work for a while and then it didn't work so um was it because of all this, like, my mom yelled at me, my dad was angry, or my dad died, or this or that? Like, all of those things had effects. And then, you know, as I've matured and learned more, I realize, oh, I allow things. Now I'm at a point where I realize, oh, I allow that to piss me off. I allow that to bother me. Uh, mm -hmm. At one point, I didn't know that I was allowing it. And uh, I do think some sort of any spiritual path is a transformative path. And so this notion back to like bypassing uh, is just sort of inaccurate. And then why do I have to like rehash and relive the time that, you know, whatever my I don't know. My parents got really mad at me and we got into an argument and I didn't clean my room or do my homework, whatever the case is, um, or things much darker for some people than that. But, um, I, why, and on a, I'm asking like, why can't you just 
move out of that? And is that bypassing it? So I found it very interesting that this sort of almost psychological psyop operation of the language that you're bypassing, you have to now get so sucked into the muck and mire of the problems of the planet that you can't, you are not free to live your life and evolve spiritually because if you do that, you're bypassing everything. I found it. I think it's also a, a balance between like, I mean, I, I do enough navel gazing for like three countries worth of people. Like, I think there's value in understanding and processing what, where you've come from and how it's affected you, but to linger there and to be, to claim that as your identity, that's problematic. I think that's when you, you know, we should be focusing on evolving, evolving well, the soul. Totally. I'm not saying av- avoid everything, but that's the notion is like immediately. But there are people like, I, ah, man, like there are people that literally are just so lost in the problems of the world that they uh, have no sense of who they actually are. You know, the magical teaching is when you get so wrapped up in um, like, of like that right oh the problems of the world we gotta vote this vote that and um you're so stuck in it it's really just another way in which you're actually avoiding your own evolution and yourself i mean really simply and like it really all comes down to like if everyone worked on themselves and changed themselves we'd change the planet So when you're wrapped up with what other people are doing and thinking you have to change them or what I've seen uh, as a big movement lately is like telling people what they can and can't practice spiritually or, for example, cultural appropriation, which I've been speaking out against that notion a long time ago on two things. One, I grew up with yoga being taught yoga. And if anybody knows one damn thing about yoga, it is not it's not a a cultural thing. These are spiritual teachings that are for everybody. And people need to have experienced meeting people on all these different spiritual paths that the spiritual teachings are every tradition I've ever been exposed to, which has been a lot, especially growing up in the community that I did. It's all open to anybody who wants to show up and participate in that. But it's been a very dark movement to tell people they're not allowed to practice something because uh, yoga originally comes from India or something like that those same absolutely right but i grew up with it so then you like invalidate my experience and i learned yoga he was a man from india like he didn't give a shit about it's a lot of commenting on things that are not your business on and on behalf of people who don't actually you know they want to speak for people want to speak for themselves. Like you're not helping anybody by being like, I am speaking for this group of people. Well, right. Yeah. Nobody's actually a part of it, but the thing is, it's just another one of these things that really started to come into this, the zeitgeist and the consciousness of the planet, especially in America. Um, over the last couple of years. And I think it, it's I, a Pluto and Sag thing. My, well, Sag is, is super fanatical. Sagittarius can really be horrible and fanatical and crazy and know-it-alls. Yeah, but, my way or the highway, I know. But, and I mean, real Sag is high-minded, brilliant wisdom and abundance. And realizing that they're, you know, all roads lead to Rome, let's say. Totally. But 
what I'm saying is this is another dark sort of psychic movement designed to take people off their spiritual path. And a couple of years ago, I was on a huge podcast that gets millions of listens. And I actually addressed it because this is when this sort of notion seemed to be getting really popular. And um, I got so many messages from people that literally were about to quit doing yoga because they thought they had no right to do it because they were like of a different culture, not just white people. Um, mm. But I'm like, those same idiots that are professing this and telling people what they can and can't do, I'm like, why don't you go to Korea and tell Koreans that are follow the teachings of Christ or consider themselves Christians that they're not allowed to because, you know, like right, nobody's doing point. that. So the ignorance around, but ultimately the ignorance around spiritual traditions that uh, throughout forever are just open to anybody who wants to learn whatever that spiritual path is. Um, it's just, um, it's amazing to me. And then why not address, like you could say, well, Europe then was totally uh, colonized by a Mideastern thought current of Christianity. Right. And so the pagan roots and those deep roots that are in Europe are have been totally uh punished oppressed taken over so what is that about like everyone attributes christianity as like well then like so then all white people for example or european descendants have to be like christians but christianity is not actually european yeah you're right i think maybe it's like a kind of uh not faux empathy but maybe like a corrupted or uh an empathy that's been perverted because that's not what it's actually supposed to be. But people think that they're being sensitive to other people's feelings, but it's just, it's kind of, like you said, turned dark it's and that's in, not it's totally what being dark. sensitive to other people actually looks like. It looks like not judging them for doing what they do. That is trusting that like we are all trying to move closer to our authenticity all the time. And in Kundalini, you learn that the way to reach God and infinity isn't anything external anyway. It's by going in through your own authenticity. And that's how you connect with infinity. Well, and there are a lot of ways, uh, spiritual paths that can lead you to that, that can put you in touch with that, that can help you and who's to say who those belong to or who owns them? That's that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. And that's essentially every spiritual tradition is like basically you go within. Um, it's like that little saying, if you go within, you won't go without. But it's just it, it's I, I've been sort of fascinated by this. But like if you're telling somebody what they can and can't do, for their own spiritual practice, it simply means you don't have a spiritual practice. And when you're mm -hmm. really in your own practice and in your groove and doing what you're doing, it turns out you don't really give a shit. Like, I don't care what this, the guy down the street, I don't, I have no care in the world about what he's doing for his spiritual growth or not doing for his spiritual growth, because I'm really ultimately just interested in what I'm doing. Yes, that feels so much more expansive than that kind of constrictive victim place where you're feeling threatened by 
someone doing something and, oh, that's not right. And you're diverting your energy over there. It's totally different when you're like, I'm so in my jam. I'm so elevating. Like I'm radiating so hard right now. I'm so in my jam. I just bypass all the problems. <laughs> I think the whole point of spirituality is to bypass a lot of shit. I mean, like, in a way, like, it's, I think it's true. Like, like, it's like if you were driving and you're like, okay, I got to take the most complicated, hard route, then cut across a bunch of fields, and hopefully my car can make it through this river. Which, by the way, having a crazy four-wheel drive car, I look for those opportunities because it's fun but um it's just lately I've just seen so much energy over the last couple of years I've never seen a time in my lifetime where there's been more movements to take people off spiritual evolution and just put them on drugs well it makes sense well that was also probably like the 1960s too when the government you know if you're into that got people hooked on drugs because there was an awakening that was happening. Uh, it was much easier to control people through substances. Yeah, that's probably true. I, I saw a meme that said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Um, and <laughs> that's what I feel. But um, yeah, it's interesting just to like sometimes track certain things in astrology or whatever. Sometimes I look at things and I'm like, these governments have to be watching this because I notice like so many shifts in energies or mindsets or thought patterns or, or things, or let's like introduce and get drugs going a lot stronger so we could like actually weaken what would have been a powerful sort of hippie movement and people just kind of getting back to the land and getting in touch with themselves and sort of tuning in and dropping out. Um, I do think drugs have been used definitely as sort of some psyop to take people off a deeper consciousness. I'm personally not a part of any spiritual traditions that utilize any type of drugs. Well, if it's a spiritual tradition that utilizes drugs, um, often it would be referred to as a medicine or a sacrament anyway. So it's already a differentiation. I know in magic, though, we never say anything medicine because then that's always implying that you're sick. So, oh, interesting. Um, you know, it's just different paths, man. I, I'm not, I could go down and comment on plant medicine, but um, you know, magic, the other yogic traditions, other things I've been exposed to. My dad went pretty heavy with some Buddhism for a while, especially towards the end of his life. None of that was a part of it. Have I done substances in my life? Yeah, I was into partying, you know, it was kind of simple. Like, I just don't want to complicate it. And at no point did I think, like, tripping my balls off, you know, was uh, like, oh, I'm having a conversation with God. I think that's one of the, the great things about you is that you are so good at simplifying it. You're like, you you always tell me that. You're like, don't complicate because my Gemini mind well, wants you're to Gemini. things from every angle. Like everything is a prism. Every single atom of reality is a prism. And I can look at it from that many angles. Well, to your credit, <laughs> to your credit, there are a lot of angles and a lot of opportunities, but you know, one of the things I learned in magic is take a path and stick to it. And that's endurance. And so coming through and learning what I learned, 
then say sort of shifting into where I learned a lot of Kundalini and I grew up with yogic lifestyle. Um, you know, one of my teachers uh, really kind of welcomed me in the beginning because one of the teachings in magic is not to path hop, right? So everybody now that's mm. sort of the problem in my humble opinion with the sort of new age and the internet. And again, you're free to go as deep as you want or as deep as you don't want. It's not a big deal. Everyone's sort of where they're at, but like a lot of people just like to hodgepodge. They try a little of this, a little of that. Uh, and I do encourage people to explore spiritual things that they're interested yeah. in because the path. And if you want to go deeper and you say, no, I'm really into this. But what my teacher said, because uh, I was like, you know, am I path hopping? He said, no, this is your soul. Your path is your soul. And now you happen to have an incarnation where you got to experience these different levels and depths and commitment to teachings. But what I realized too is Kundalini yoga is such a, it's a magical practice. So it was all part of the one path of my soul. Some techniques mm. maybe were different, but I utilize those energies. I utilize those mantras and I teach a shit ton of magic and tarot, but it's all part of it. Like that's the thing. So that's what sort of, I was being staunch and limited and I realized, oh, yeah, this is all part of it. But Kundalini Yoga was a secret tradition, right? And yes. up until recently. And magic has always been a secret tradition uh, for a number of reasons. But not everyone was entitled for it. But, you know, it was actually Crowley who came out in the early 1900s and wrote a book called The Laws for All and basically said, hey, it's a new paradigm for humanity. Everyone now has access to deep, profound spiritual teachings. And we don't have to be as underground. Um, but, you know, we're not trying to convert anybody. So now things are more open to whoever wants to show up and participate and whatever the spiritual path is that you're interested in. Yeah. And you have a really good point about, uh, exploring, at, but not just jumping around willy nilly. Um, I, I say my religion is elevation. So if elevation is my religion and what I'm doing religiously, there's room for a lot of different ways to get there, but it's about elevation. That's what it's about. So Kundalini or uh, other traditions, I'm, I'm open to those, not in a way where I'm necessarily going to jump around. There are things I will do continuously, especially when they work like meditating every day is really important, but will I do a Kundalini yoga meditation or a Joe Dispenza meditation? It depends but I'm going to elevate because that's my religion. Right. Um, totally. I mean, yeah, ex exactly. I mean, and I even am able to combine, I just do utilize Kundalini and then utilize a lot of the magic and the tarot, because for me, these are the things that uh, I just happen to love. So even teaching, I'm just teaching what I love and what I do. Like even mm. my book is was like hey let me just share with you the way i do a numerology chart you know these are things that were taught to me but i have my own little flair and personality and things that i've learned over time and i do way more than numerology but um it's all just sort of one thing like i'm kind I'm of i'm so glad you did because your personality 
I I've said this before, but you're someone I love learning from. I love hearing you talk. It's definitely one of your gifts and it's not, I don't ever feel like it's dry or like too academic. Like I just feel like it, you know what? It comes right. It just, the osmosis just comes right in. Even when you're driving me crazy, driving, holding me hostage, driving me around for the right perfect bottle of water. And I'm like, I'm going to kill this bitch. <laughs> and then you drag me to that raw vegan restaurant that everybody loves that plays you in Sedona. You hate that place. Except then you went again with Gina on one of your trips. So don't lie well, like it's the worst okay. thing ever. You, Admittedly, you I've gone frequented through- it. I've gone through a lot of raw vegan phases in my life and I actually like raw vegan. And for me, I actually resonate. My body resonates pretty well for it. I wouldn't want to do it for a super long time because eventually you're eating a lot of wet, cold food and it's kind of sugary because you're like, everything's a pureed date or a pureed, (laughs) pureed nuts, pureed dates. But that um, cost five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, it was interesting though, because I totally like freaked out and yelled at everybody, and I was like, "If I have to see one more fucking raw vegan, fucking vegan chocolate, blah blah blah, uh, I'm just I'm gonna implode." And I did. But you know, it was interesting though, and maybe because I bypassed this my whole life. You know, that was <laughs> Father's Day. Oh and yeah. I guess I just sort of shut out Father's Day for years because my father died many years ago. So it's something I don't really think about. But I looked back. I think we were like in the hotel and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Today's Father's Day. Um, So somehow it's good to be cognizant of the things that we've gone through without getting caught in the quagmire. Just understanding can be helpful. I think that there was a tie in there. And so that probably was some like unaddressed thing or something that's like, oh, it's Father's Day. I don't have, my father's not alive. Maybe there's a part of me that actually feels left out. But it could entirely just be possible that you're super entitled and annoying to that bottle of water. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I just wish I could take everybody back with us in time to that car. We could see who was more irritating um we'd have been on the road a while i mean you know i'm like goofing around joking around but i think these are good points because a i allowed you to um i allowed you to trigger me and i wasn't that triggered and it's funny to spoof about the water but i did feel really upset that day and i do think it was was that because i you know i actually do love that restaurant and i've been raw vegan i've gone through many raw vegan phases so it's like food that i know i even had a dehydrator i went through a phase of growing wheatgrass have you ever grown wheatgrass wow no it is the most uh unsatisfying life thing you can do because it's like watching hair grow well, I like the plant, like the wheatgrass looks cool, but now you have to have all these wheatgrass trays and you're like, I'm super in it. I'm growing my own food sort of idea. I'm making sprouts. And then you go and you get a little wheatgrass press and you're like, now I'm going to juice it up. And you literally have to use about two thirds of a wheatgrass tray, at least the juicer I had oh, wow. to get one little shot of wheatgrass. So <sighs> I'm like, okay, I spent weeks 
with several trays of wheatgrass taking up my entire kitchen. I even built a special shelf for it. And now literally all I get is about two ounce shot of wheatgrass. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the store and spend a couple yeah. dollars if, if I really wanted have, wheatgrass. Which if you want to have explosive diarrhea, there are more fun ways to do it anyway. Is that what happens to you on wheatgrass? I mean, I think if you have wheatgrass every day, you're you're asking for some soft situations. Uh, I guess but you must be super sensitive. I never experienced anything like that. Um, but I actually, I hate the taste of wheatgrass, but I like, I don't know. I probably just fooling myself that I feel some way, uh, but I will never grow it again. I raw mm. vegan became the most complicated way of not cooking. <laughs> like it's all food prep and it's exhausting and you don't cook anything. Yeah, I admire you for being patient enough to have a dehydrator. Yeah, I got into that. I got into fermenting, uh, wow. which I still like to make. Like you can make, you know, probiot raw living probiotic, you know, sauerkrauts and kimchi. Like Matt, uh, cabbage wine. Oh, prison wine, yes. Um, ferment my fruit cup, run it through a sock, totally. Um, cabbage is kind of amazing because you just break down the natural enzymes in a cabbage, add a little bit of salt, and bottle it up and let it sit for a couple of weeks, and you have raw living probiotics. And so yeah. that alchemical process is super fascinating to me. So I was like, I was really getting into it, and... I, someone gave me a book at the time on fermented foods, which I, I don't know. When I moved across the country, I got rid of it. I wish I still had that book, but it had a raw fermented miso recipe. And I was like, Ooh. whoa, cool. Fermented raw vegan miso soup. And I was like, I'm going to make that tomorrow for dinner. And then I go and I look at the book and it says prep time one year. So, uh, no, it didn't. No, yeah, it didn't. It takes a year. So you got to really – so if you're dehydrating food and making uh, fermented misos, um, you got to allow a lot of prep time. Oh, so my gosh. I, was I don't like, even like prep times longer than 30 minutes. So this then, I, yeah, the one year, you're like, I'm going to make you – I'm going to make soup in one year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like such – an act of like a meditative act. If you were like doing walking meditations, you know, like this soup making is my meditation. Yeah. People really get Just into food. I mean, some people like food becomes the end all be all like spiritual path. And that's it just, can be. I get, I mean, I don't know I'm not how sure far are you going to take it? All, but... Yeah. But a lot of people are end all be all with food. I find, I mean, whatever you're into and if that's the thing, like more power to you, but, um, I uh, I think I'm too much of a foodie now to be like raw vegan, and I, you just after a while you're like I never want to eat a date or a pureed nut ever again in my life. But we're lucky to be born at this time uh, because you know now we have for different sweeteners we have dates, coconut, maple syrup. Um, I don't know. You could just name it. Oh, um, monk, monk fruit. fruit uh, have. Yeah, no, not xylitol. Xylitol. Zeolites yeah. for detoxing e uh, radiation. Oh, yeah. right. I've actually you know, seen. Back... What? Oh, what are you going to say? I've seen zeolite baths that were used for like uh, nuclear power plants, apparently, to help detox radiation. Whoa. Yeah. 
I've also read that sunflowers detox radiation. So if you um, just plant a giant sunflower field next to your house and you should be good. Just the flowers themselves, like having them like in the somehow ground. Somehow the yeah. Uh, I have crystals for that. Independent fact checkers were like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <a> t- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run that through the Facebook algorithm and right. claim oh medical gosh. advice. If you're suffering from nuclear holocaust fallout, uh, just grow some uh, grow some sunflowers and you'll be fine. I heard they actually cure COVID. <laughs> <laughs> as this and like stop global warming yes uh they probably would stop global warming right <laughs> that wouldn't um, actually work have you ever seen a huge sunflower field yes i've only seen one after it like got harvested like they were all just dried up and stuff and i was like oh that would have been wow. cool in the summer i feel like that's uh not a great sign i will say this though in the sixth year 2022 uh, sunflowers are really a great way to attune to that energy and that spiritual devotion. Any uh, yellow, right? So you can use numerology is also color magic. So if you want to tap into the reverent flow of that connected energy of, uh, and six is really a flow and it's a number of alignment, put some sunflowers around. Oh, wow. While curing cancer, COVID, and uh, what else? Radiation. Also diabetes. Diabetes. (laughs) Uh, And other viral. It really reduces the viral load. Um, This is a joke. So anybody uh, do not use sunflowers. We're not giving medical advice, period. I want to make that clear. If you're having a medical emergency, call 911. Do not go get sunflowers. Well, don't get sunflowers first. But if you, you have someone bring them to you in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. But sunflowers do bring joy, right? And it's they the sunflower. Do. And that's the sun card. And it's all the spiritual teachings of joy. I'm just trying to bring it back to joy, Aww. back to empowerment, back to that sort of radiance and that warmth and that glow. And yellow is just an underrated color because people rarely wear it. Right. But I think having some good yellow energy in your home right now just will help open up a synchronicity and a higher alignment. So a lot of magic, even when people want to get, get into spells and stuff, magic, we're just saying you're creating things to make the vibration a fit receptacle. So you just do little things that are in alignment. So on Sunday, you would burn yellow candles. On Tuesday, Mars, you'd burn red candles, things like that. And those are wow. just little ways to that are fun that help you align sort of with the natural flow of the cosmos. And color therapy is just a, a great, easy uh, example of that. But since we have this whole year of um, six, it's yellow. So embrace it. Like I'm having an eight year th- this year. And that color is orange. So I need to get some like orange going in my life. But like in magic, orange is hot, which is mercury. So that's brain power as well. And uh, so like if you're studying for a test or something like that, or uh, you have to fill some things out for a new job or something that takes a lot of brain power, uh, have some orange around. 
and and have your psyche absorb and look at orange and you're literally doing high ceremonial mystical kabbalah magic stuff yeah bringing the sacred into every day yeah it, but that means you would have to venture off of purples and pinks no not and unicorns happen. and rainbows forget it scrap it throw it all away um you have a very colorful place thank you yeah even yeah. it's glowing i'm looking at the zoom screen it's like glowing pink is that just yeah. the aura of it there or do you have like a light or did you paint the walls there no i have a bunch of lights and yeah i love baby blue and pink mm. you love easter really you know Which i love is, jesus yes well you're a jew for jesus um <laughs> And Easter really is kind of the energy of, uh, you know, Jesus coming back, which is sort of this new paradigm that, like, we've gone through. We've, we've already been nailed to the cross. We get to come back more empowered and more alive. I don't know more what empowered. happened. I don't know what happened after all of that. Um, you know, Easter in, mag in the magical tradition is actually one of the very high holy days. And this is in a very non-Christian sense. Okay, and why, like, how, how is that? Well, because we're magicians for Jesus, man. Oh, <laughs> magicians for Jesus. Yeah. MFJ. Yeah, totally. See, your cat's uh, kid A is like, hell yeah, Jesus. My cat is Jesus. Your cat is, um, he is? No, that's his name. Oh. No, it's not. <laughs> I think it's Jesus would be a great name for a cat. I don't know why people yeah, don't agree. name, maybe I'll name our kid Jesus. Why not? I told you I had a dream that you named your child God Donovan. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. He shall be known as God Donovan. I feel like God if I Donovan. had it in a dream, that's prophetic enough for you to name your child after my dream. Yeah, that's like that dream I had many years ago where I found that ancient uh, Hebrew artifact and it was like this little uh rock and inside the rock was hidden all of this hebrew writing and i was like whoa wow. this is like a powerful magical artifact and then and i was looking at the hebrew in my dream but by the time i woke up i don't remember what the it just letters spelled were. fart yeah it's, that's what it was it's hebrew for fart and then you were in that <laughs> dream though and then that oh. was the dream where we were then, we had like a mobile soup kitchen. We were giving soup to people. And it turned out you and I had a baby, but the baby was a big spider. Spider. I remember that. It was that. like this creepy spider baby. And I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck is this spider? Because I'm, I'm I have an aversion to spiders. It's like one of the, if I had to pick one of the things in nature that I'm afraid of, more or less it's spiders. And uh, it was like this weird spider baby. And then I was like, what the hell are we supposed to do with it? I was fine giving soup to people in need, but that spider. And then I woke well, spiders up. Spiders connect. They're like connectors and networkers. And they create these like matrices, you know. And maybe that's one of the things that our energies bring together. It was a prophetic dream of being on the Libby show. Yes. And it's been so nice to have you on the Libby show, Remington. I do hope that we'll see you again. Thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom, your knowledge and your, your tantric mastery with us all. <laughs> uh, tantric yoga, uh, 
Yes. Um, and please pet your cat for me. I will. Libby does I'll have a really – Kid A is a really um, cool cat, I want to say. He's very um, handsome and distinguished. He He's kind He really is very regal. He's, like, less cute, more regal. He is. He likes guys a lot, though. He likes everybody. Really? It seems like every – all right. I thought he was a Well, he loves cat. me. He's obsessed with me because yeah, I well, spank him. him. Oh, yeah. What happened to 1-800-CAT-SPANK? I know. I That was your other business. A lot of people don't side know hustle. that about you. Pre-Mantra, you were 1-800-CAT-SPANK. Yeah, if only TikTok was around back then. I'm glad it wasn't because then I'd probably be huge for like spanking for cat. my cat. And I'd rather be huge <laughs> like, for what is you this know, woman into? my spiritual music, maybe. Um, she likes getting nailed to the cross. Oh, <laughs> All right. Um, it's been an honor. Uh, and then all joking aside, it's been really fun co-hosting these. I like turning into Libby's show. Libby actually made a freaking song. Uh, for it and this I do want to end up just saying this has been this six years just such a great energy to really up your actual spiritual practice and really tune into the higher messages of who you are what you're supposed to be doing and it's a very quote uh, spiritual number and I I'm really hoping that it each of us as individuals have a, a easier access to our higher consciousness within that number so hopefully the rest of the planet accesses that higher consciousness and it's it's the network so i hope there's a positive sort of chain reaction here this mm. spider baby of a podcast uh, from your lips one to God's small ears. part of it libby tell us where we can find you Thanks. You can find my music on all platforms and follow me on Instagram at Osley underscore music. Do you have CDs? I do have physical CDs, but you would have to DM me for that. Well, I think you guys should all DM her for actual CDs because I'm waiting for the entire internet to get completely censored and mantras will probably be right on the list of, hey, you're spiritually evolving. So I'm trying to get hard backups on everything um, oh you really yeah i'm like oh not that joking like they've actually censored a lot of like you're like oh i have uh, netflix or whatever i love watching 30 rock and then they were like oh there's an episode that was offensive or maybe it was be misconstrued now from 12 years ago it could be racist or something so a lot of things in the digital stratosphere are just getting altered rerouted pulled out a lot of white sun music our friends i mean i listen to white song and osley like the you are the my whole mantra makeup and um a lot of my even my itunes that i've paid for uh and i do buy all your music just for the record just to support um gets uh it'll just disappear off my itunes then i go to like re-sign in and then i'm like apple has been like stealing it back from me and then just like you can't talk to somebody i'm telling you a lot of white sun music i'm not joking has been like mysteriously taken down well, a good place to uh, buy music to support the artist is Bandcamp. So you can find uh, my music at Osley Bandcamp. Um, wait, wait, hold on. It's 
like www.bandcamp.com backslash Osley. And you can find me there. And most of the proceeds of that go to me directly and it would be on your computer. So Apple can't go thieving your music, but I do have physical CDs that are really beautiful too. I didn't even know that. I will. I will make a point. I will rebuy things on Bandcamp if it gives you more money. So uh, find Libby uh, Osley music. Um, even if you're not into mantra or whatever, it's really fun, great, amazing. Not just saying that because we're friends, and you are such a talented and gifted musician. And she also whipped out this new intro song for this episode, like so fast i i was joking about it and then you're like oh i'm sending this over i was like what that was like 20 minutes ago (laughs) so it's amazing and you're super talented you're very gifted um and i mean that on a very big level so everyone please follow osley music aka libby and uh she's the bomb and her music is the shit thank you Thank you.